Hello, welcome to our At Any Rate, European Rate Focus Podcast, a place for us to discuss recent development and key issues in European rates. I'm Fabio Bassi from European Rate Strategy here at JP Morgan, and I'm here today with Francis Diamond, Aditya Chordia, and Kagendra Gupta to discuss our outlook for European rate in the second half of the year. The pressure on ECB to deliver has become clear, and the Oki's journey has taken us to the end of QE in early July, with a clear indication of the first hike of 25 taking place in July, and another 50 basis points most likely in September. The core inflation that the ECB put in 2024 at 2.3 has been instrumental in delivering this Oki shift. So clearly the pressure to front load is there, with the market pricing now a quite aggressive uh, tightening cycle, but at the same time, we see that some weak PMI data trigger a sharp retracement. So let me start with Francis here. What is your outlook on the euro inflation? When you think it's peaking, will that be enough in our view to reduce the office buy of the ECB? And what about inflation expectation? Yeah, thanks for the question, Fabio. So most of this year, we've seen euro inflation surprising on the upside. We've seen a set of adverse shocks that resulted in a significant surge, not just in the region, but globally. And our view is probably we're getting closer to the peak now in terms of headline. So we've got a peak at 8.6% in September. And then we probably should start to see headline fade as we go into the back end of this year as base effects from energy start to drop out. But I don't think that's the whole story if you're thinking about central banks and reaction functions. Obviously, markets might take a degree of comfort in headline inflation pressures that start to fade. But ultimately, core is really what matters in terms of the reaction function of central banks and the pass through into second round effects and labor markets. And we think, yes, you will start to see a decline in core inflation as well. But still going to be well above target uh, in the fourth quarter of this year. We've got 3.6 on the economics forecast. And I think the difficulty here is we're seeing a rotation away from core goods into core service inflation, um, which is clearly stickier and more reflects the potential labor market pressures, although not as acute in, in Europe as we've seen in the UK and US. I guess the risk from the ECB is that starts to become a bit more embedded and a bit more entrenched. I mean, note in our outlook, when you look at the breadth of the HICP basket, you've now got a, a large proportion of the basket, around 75% of the components now printing above average, which I think clearly means the ECB is, is not necessarily going to change the tone massively as headline inflation peaks if some of these core pressures and the core stickiness uh, still remains. Clearly, in the short term, risks to energy and food prices to the upside. We've obviously heard a lot of discussion and uh, media focus on the risks of Russian supply disruption to your area, uh, gas supplies. Um, so I think even though the, the headline uh, inflation peak is approaching, I think there's still a bit of uncertainty as to exactly what level that will be. And in terms of inflation markets, in terms of inflation expectations, um, I think we're probably in the intermediate part of the curve, getting close to the point at which uh, markets start to balance the, the, the pressures from uh, core inflation labor markets versus uh, ECB tightening, plus the obvious focus on downside growth risks and increased recession risks. Um, I think that in our view means we're probably more likely to range trade over the second half of this year. Um, obviously, as we hit the peak in inflation, that might mean there's a little bit more uh, downward momentum if investors are, are less focused on hedging outright inflation risks. But I think our sense is we're probably thinking about five year, five year HICP that should be uh, relatively range bound above the 2% level. 
it's worth acknowledging that when the central banks have been tightening and when the ECB has been tightening in, in the past with depot rate that's in positive territory, it's not uncommon to see five-year, five-year with a reasonable uh, wedge above 2%. I think that will probably uh, persist. So we think we're probably talking about five-year, five-year in a 210 to 230 range. And we'd look to tactically trade that range uh, going forward, which means uh, as a result, we're probably tactically long at the moment on five-year, five-year. As I said, we'd look to range trade that as a view as we go through the second half of this year. So clearly the Bund uh, here deliver quite a long journey, starting uh, around uh, 0% to the peak uh, closer to 1.8 recently. So Aditya, what is your outlook on uh, Bund and German curve going forward? Thank you, Fabio. Yeah, indeed, it has been a quite active first half of this year for the German yields. Uh, for the second half of this year, the way I characterize the outlook is, or the base case for my one outlook is that I assume that the narrative in Euro area would start transitioning from accelerating inflation, resilient growth, and behind the curve ECB, which was the story for first half, to elevated inflation, but easing growth momentum, warranting a relatively slower or smaller ECB tightening cycle. So given that shift in narrative, I expect the bond yields to start, let's say, do a very large wide range trading going into summer months. But at the same time, I believe that for 10 year Germany, we have already seen the peak of the cycle, which is already behind us. And then also I believe that the, in the large wide trading, we will start trending lower and most likely end the year at much lower level from current level, let's say around 1%. That's my year end target. On German curve, we expect bear flattening or twist flattening in the near term, but in a large rally, expect the curve to eventually bull steepen, especially from intermediates to long end of the curve. So in terms of trading team, we, I have a very strong overweight duration bias, both outright and versus US, mainly on US because of the relative monetary policy stance where I believe ECB is not fed. And there, with a preference for intermediate sectors to express the long durations of long in five Germany, outright of buyer versus US. Thank you, Ditya. Clearly, the end of an purchase is, uh, is around the corner as you approach the 1st of July. Talking about uh, some uh, way to contain uh, in premium spread, tweaking the paper investment, uh, and then eventually talking about the notification tool. Do you think that that is going to be enough uh, to contain spread? What is your view going forward? Sure. So like what we have been saying is that ECB has multiple lines of defense. Uh, they sort of implemented, I think, the first, the verbal one already. And the second one is sort of in progress or in process of getting uh, sort of implemented the PEP reinvestment, the flexible PEP reinvestment. I still believe that the PEP reinvestment in the near term could keep the spreads under, a, let's say, a choppy range. But I believe an eventual implementation of anti-fragmentation tool will be required to calm the markets or completely reverse the widening trend, which we saw for a good part of this year. And that's what our base call is. The ECB will be eventually forced to deliver an anti-fragmentation tool. And under that assumption, I have a broadly constructive and primary outlook for the second half of this year, where I believe 10 year Germany spread will end the year close to 200 basis point level and 10-year France-Germany around 45 basis points. Again, as I mentioned, it is under the view that once they deliver the anti-fragmentation tool, we would be turning positive. But till that time, I think the market will continue testing them in order to force them to deliver the fragmentation tool. Uh, also in the late 2022, I project some pressures on Italian spreads on increasing political uncertainty 
as we head into the parliamentary elections in early 2023. Again, the base case on those elections is a non, not necessarily a populist government. We are not that worried and eventually will be a government which will play along with the Euro area well. But with Italy, that as is the case historically, if there is politics, market has to get nervous. And hence, there would be some political discount price in the spread. And that's what's reflected in my spread target. In terms of trading themes, so the first one is clearly tactical range trading in the near term till we get the anti-fragmentation tool delivered and then turn over with uh, post the delivery. Also, as we approach year end, I would be tactically underweighting Italy versus other periphery uh, or to play the political uncertainty dynamics. And also selective cross-country RVs like underweight Portugal versus Spain and overweight Austria or Finland or Ireland versus France, mostly on fundamental and liquidity considerations. Uh, when you look at the money market curve, uh, clearly a lot of uh, there is a decent amount of front-loading. Uh, clearly, we've seen a lot of uh, central banks that are actually accelerating their tightening cycle. And the ECB is also hinting at that by saying 25 in July, 15 September. So, Kagendra, would you agree with the cycle that is priced? Uh, do you see any opportunity there? Yeah, thanks, Fabio. I think, uh, to, uh, in a nutshell, our baseline view is that too much hikes uh, is priced in the Esther curve, especially when I look on a cumulative basis uh, by the end of 2023, which is close to around uh, 250 basis point of hikes. And in my view, that generates uh, plenty of attractive trading opportunities. Uh, to discuss some of the some of the high conviction views um, as, a, as a second half for trading theme, we are, we are highlighting uh, attractive bullish uh, structures targeting the say, 2H23, 2024 uh, sector, either via, you know, you can do via mid curves or via money market bullish structures. Uh, our other high conviction view is that of a flatter money market curve driven by the fact that we see risks of further front loading between now and early next year and or, or for the inability of the ECB to continue tightening in 2H23. Um, so for that, we have a money market flattening uh, recommendation on. Uh, we also believe that the intermediate long end of the swap curve will continue to exhibit a strong negative directionality to yields. And thus, uh, we like both bear flatteners and bull steepeners, uh, even though these this trade suppers suffer from unattractive uh, carry character characteristics. Uh, finally, uh, on the rates uh, on the swap curve, uh, continuing on a theme that Aditya was mentioning earlier, uh, on a cross, cross market basis, we expect an outperformance of Euribor yield versus dollars, uh, especially in a rally which is supported, uh, which is also supported by attractive uh, wall characteristics. Uh, and we are long uh, uh, Euribor calls versus uh, Euro dollar calls. Just to touch upon swap spreads, uh, we expect swap spreads to remain driven by monetary policy with a narrowing bias from cheaper funding rates, lack of net QE purchases, and an ECB anti-fragmentation tool, which is only partly counterbalanced by widening risk, mostly from either market pricing a more aggressive hiking in policy rates or technical flows. So a medium-term uh, tightening bias on spreads, but we are cautious in entering outright uh, narrows right now on uh, high volatility. Thank you, Vigendra. And what is vol? I see that some of the daily basis point vol is in double digit, more than 10 basis points a day. I'm not asking you if he's going higher from here, but can he stay at this level? Uh, yeah, uh, to be honest, I had never thought that uh, uh, Euro area vols would reach uh, uh, double digit uh, uh, ever, but uh, uh, here we are. Uh, I think uh, to keep it short, I think implied will stay uh, remain elevated. Uh, 
mainly because they're driven by, you know, there are a lot of structural factors driving implied, such as uh, large macro volatility. There are fat tails for macro or inflation outturns. There is uncertainty around ECB reaction function, coupled with mixed messaging from the governing council. The liquidity is really poor. And on top of that, on top of that, the jump risk has really has really increased over the last few uh, few weeks. Uh, nevertheless, I believe that current levels, as you asked, are not sustainable. My medium-term bias is for implied to uh, to be driven uh, to to decline down. However, uh, I, I reiterate that a reduction in jump risk uh, that we are seeing right now is a prerequisite for implied to retrace significantly from current levels. To give an to give an idea, I see fair value. For let's say uh, three month, uh, 10 year implied to be somewhere around between five to six basis point versus uh, versus eight basis point currently. So we have a bearish bias on gamma, but uh, as I mentioned, we avoid outright positioning currently given that delivered volatility is likely to stay high. And unless we see signs of this declining, I would be uh, against outright positioning involved. Thank you, Gendra. Let me turn to Francis for the UK market. I mean, Bank of England has been consistent. They deliver five consecutive bikes in the last five meetings, and they clearly are not done yet. So what is your expectation in terms of BOE going forward, and what does that mean for the yield market? We've definitely seen a more hawkish shift at the last meeting, that's for sure. The language, the rhetoric in terms of the Bank of England reacting more forcefully to inflation pressures definitely, in our view, puts a likelihood of 50 basis point rate hike in August on the table. Um, so I think it, it's pretty clear from the, the language and the rhetoric, we're not yet done in terms of the cycle. But I think, as has been the case for most of this year, market pricing is still uh, more excessive against our own forecast. We think you can probably see another 100 basis points of BOE rate hikes over the second half of this year. Market pricing is close to 150. But as we further shift out into 2023, the difference between market pricing and our own forecast is starting to become quite small now, particularly given the rally over the past week or so. So I think the, the message is we're getting closer towards the end of the cycle. The BOE is clearly not done. The focus on inflation pressure and second round effects is there. I think in terms of further upside risk in terms of market pricing, we may well see some noise over the summer. But I think we're probably moving a bit more into a range trading environment over the next couple of months as markets balance between a central bank that's pivoted more hawkishly, but obviously a, a risk that tightening through financial conditions plus the global backdrop raises uncertainty around recession risks into 2023. So I think we're, we're moving more range trading. I think we can still move in, in pretty big uh, ranges though in terms of the, the volatility we've seen. I think it's difficult to be particularly uh, precise in terms of what that does for curve moves. We've noticed directionality in UK curve has, has pretty much gone out the window over the first half of this year. And I would look to start to pivot to a more bullish duration stance as we roll into the fourth quarter and the end of the cycle becomes a lot clearer. So I think in terms of uh, trades, I think it's probably more of an outright trade in terms of uh, starting to fade market pricing with a, a view to shifting towards probably some form of curve steepness such as 10s, 30s, as we roll through the second half of, of, of this year, particularly into the fourth quarter. However, for now, it, it's very much rain trading. In terms of the forecast, we have 10-year gilt yields uh, for the fourth quarter at 235, so not too far away from current levels. And I think probably that's the way we'd look to be a bit more tactical over the summer months as we wait and see how this tug of war between uh, the central bank rhetoric and the hawkish inflation dynamics and uncertainty around the growth backdrop plays out. 
that brings us to the end of this episode of At Any Rate, European Race Podcast. Thank you, Francis, Aditya, and Kagendra for joining today. And thank you all for listening. This communication has been provided for information purposes only. Please refer to JP Morgan Research Report related to its content and for more information, including important disclosure. 2022 JP Morgan Chase and Company All Rights Reserve. This episode was recorded on Friday, 24th of June, 2022.